Um, it's Pink Sunday. Let me just talk about this, and then we're going to get into a teaching and um, really an equipping on healing, all right? Um, and, and let me just, just straight up tell you, I didn't believe in healing years ago. Many years ago, I did not believe in healing, uh, and it was probably because I just never saw one. But to really say that you don't believe in healing, you're saying you don't believe in a God that's capable of healing. And as I've journeyed through and witnessed healings and seen healings, now I'm like, okay, I believe in healing, and I believe in the God who can and wants to heal. So, so there's this, been this journey in my life and this journey in, in growing in the Lord and growing in the Holy Spirit and growing in the gifts and, and seeing so many cool things. Uh, my sisters, and bro- probably not my brother, but my sisters may need to help. Uh, around nine-ish years ago, ten years, my mom passed away. Is that roughly right? Ish. So, so our mom passed away of cancer. Uh, my mom and dad were the founding pastors of Upper Room here, and um, we thought she was healed. And we, we were a church then that believed in healing. We would see tumors dissolve in worship service. We, we'd see blind eyes open. We saw dead raisings. I mean, we saw some pretty radical things through the years, and we're continuing to see those. Um, because how many believe that, like, a miracle, a tes- a, 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 even a healing, is a testimony of a prophecy of more things to come? So a testimony of a life changed, of a, of, a, of a person free in Christ, a testimony, any testimony, whatever it may be, is actually also a prophecy of he can do it again. We used to sing this song over and over, he'll do it again, he'll do it again, right? Because that is a testimony becoming a prophecy because he'll continue to do it and he'll do greater things. So, uh, but here we found ourselves believing in healing and my mom passed away. And, uh, and just like Nicole was talking about the fiery furnace, we, we kind of had this, this, this choice as a church, okay, we can believe in healing and go after this, even though my mom got her upgrade, what we felt was too soon, or, or we can just not believe in healing and let that trouble our faith and derail us, and, you know, God's still good, but we're just not going to go after those things because we didn't see what we wanted to see. We chose the former, and it became a fuel to the fire for us to go even with greater faith after the things that, that are sometimes hard to see, sometimes rare to see, but sometimes we know that the Lord desires it. And uh, so we use that as a fuel. So the next year, we started up a, a cancer uh, care ministry, um, providing support, help, love, comfort uh, to those with cancer. Also, we provided um, Leah and Tiana has been a part of this team for many years, but Leah goes into the cancer um, areas of the hospitals. They give these flowers with little tags on them uh, with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, declaring that there are plans to prosper for a, hero, a hope and a future for people. So we've been doing this for years. So the shirts that you bought actually fund that ministry for a year. Typically, the proceeds fund all of these flowers going in every Monday or Tuesday for an entire year. So those are the things. That's kind of the purpose behind this. So the reality is we said, okay, invite everybody you know with a disease. Invite anybody with an ailment. Invite anybody with cancer to Pink Sunday. And we are going to go after healing. And we're going to go after the very thing that the Lord says is possible. Because with God, all things are what? possible ask anything in his name he'll do it right so that's our belief and when I became a believer I didn't just believe the things that I was comfortable with I didn't start just believing the things that I have been familiar with no when I had a radical encounter with Jesus 15 years ago this became an open invitation for everything that it says we don't avoid any part of this Bible of this word it's the infallible absolute truth of the Lord And healing is all throughout this. There are 163 documented, radical, tangible miracles in this word. 83 in the Old Testament, 80 in the New Testament. 
So many healings, 50% of them happened in the New Testament, 50% happened in the church, and 50% happened outside of the church walls and tabernacle. So today, the, the hope is that people will walk out of here healed, set free, redeemed, their bodies whole, their bodies without pain, without disease, without, without brokenheartedness, without oppression, without depression, without fear or anxiety. Like that's the, that's the hope. Or, or, or more importantly, that you encounter a God that's so full of love and so full of power that you wanna give your heart more than you ever have in your life. Whether you're a believer yet or not. Like that's our hope. And also that you will be equipped, like the Bible says in Mark that we're gonna talk about, that you'll be equipped and you'll actually have the courage and now faith to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That is a great commission, amen? amen. And Jesus' last words should be some of our top priorities. So let's just get straight into this. Um, I, I just, I love that the word, um, let, me, let me put it to you this way. I believe that Jesus says who he says he is. We talk about this. I reference this often that Jesus is who he says he is and he will do who he says he is. Let, let, me, let me reiterate that. If, if, if we believe that Jesus is Savior, then we continually believe that he will continue to save people. If we believe that he is a deliverer, he calls himself deliverer, then we will continually believe that Jesus will continually deliver people, right? So we are also a body that believes that Jesus calls himself what? Healer. So he will continually heal people, right? And as you begin to study this, like the, the miracles continued, guys. The miracles continued in the word after Jesus was gone. Miracles continue today. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't just stop or lose part of his power or lose part of his interest to see people set free. He was broken so that we could be whole. Let me just, you might be coming in here today or even watching online right now. Well, I don't have cancer. I don't actually have pain in my body. Well, there, there, God, Jesus came to set captives free, and he was broken so that we could be whole in every area of our life, in our mind, our will, our emotions, our body, our soul, our spirit, all right? So he came so that we could be whole mentally, so we could be whole in relationships, so our marriage could be whole, so our, so our, our, our relationship with our family, our friends, our coworkers could be whole, I believe in a God that has the ministry of reconciliation. So it's not just physical healing, it is all healing. Jesus was broken, so even his bride, his body, the body of Christ could be whole. I, I'll be honest, I've probably seen more division in the body and America and the world than I've personally ever seen or really heard much of in, in recent history. Maybe, maybe in the last century. There is, a, there is an assignment that the enemy has to kill, steal, and destroy, and it's never changed since the beginning of time, right? He is on assignment. But Jesus, and John 10.10 10 says that he came to give life and what? Life more abundantly. So we're in this beautiful time right now of harvest. We are in this beautiful time of need. We are in this beautiful time as believers, as hopelessness, all right? Not us, the world. And the world needs what we carry, and they need the Savior that lives inside of us and the healer that's able to set them free. Amen. I started studying this week. It'll probably be the next several messages from now. I don't know. But I started studying the Great Awakenings, and I started studying the time periods and what was happening in the time of the Great Awakenings. And this week, I just began to lean my heart and study the first, the second, the third Great Awakenings and what was happening politically, what was happening in the world, what was happening in America in those times. And let me just say, we are on the brinks of another Great Awakening. 
The harvest fields are ripe. I better get on with this message. Let's go to Luke 4. Luke 4. We're gonna, is it okay if we read quite a bit of scripture today? I love this stuff. I love talking on healing. I love talking on things that I've witnessed that I used to doubt. I love it that the Lord convinced me through signs and wonders, and he convinced me not just through the word, but he confirmed it in the word of the things I was witnessing. I'm the type of person I got to hear it, see it, feel it, sense it, you know? Like for me, when I was an atheist, this, this was just a good book. But then I started to walk in this stuff and experience some of this and witness some of this. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember where the word says that. Okay, cool. All right, let's, let's get on with this. 4-1. Then Jesus... Full of the whole, let me give you context, sorry. I just jumped right into here. Let me give you context. This is just after Jesus was baptized. There was this exchange between John the Baptist and Jesus. Jesus is baptized. John's like, I'm not worthy. I can't even wear your sandals, right? And he baptizes Jesus. The heavens open up. The dove descends, rests on Jesus. And then the father says this, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Okay, so Jesus hadn't yet performed a miracle. He hadn't yet preached the Sermon on the Mount. He hadn't been crucified or resurrected yet, all right? So this is Jesus now with the Father saying, it's not what you do, but I am pleased with who you are. You're my son, okay? So then we get to this point. Full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. How many feel like you're being tempted from the devil at times? You might be full of Holy Spirit on the drive here. There was some old lady in front of you that would not get out of the way for you to get here on time. Or that kid just would not get that outfit on. And you're like, come on, we got to get out the door. We're going to be late for church. How many of you have been tempted even this morning? That spouse irritating you or whatever. I actually wasn't today. It was a great morning for me. This is one of few. We're usually yelling at some of one of the girls, come on, did you open the chickens yet? Let's go, we're gonna miss the morning meeting. Tempted for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all the time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord God and serve only him. The devil's always tempting something that looks great. The devil's always tempting us to, 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 to have another world, right? But Jesus says, no, the thing that matters is him. The thing that matters is the Lord. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Everybody say power. Acts 1.8 says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will have power. Power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. 
Now this is important. This was Isaiah saying this. Jesus is referencing what Isaiah had said. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Came to heal the brokenhearted, to set captives free, to heal the lame, right? This is, Isaiah is saying this. He was anointed for this, and now Jesus is referencing this, and now he's saying he is the fulfillment of this. As we read on, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scriptures you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everybody say, it's been fulfilled. Even when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. All brokenness, all separation from, from eternity with the Father, every ailment, everything, every, every sin, it was finished on that day. Jesus is saying, I am this, it is finished. Now let me just, just say this. He basically starts to, to mess with the disciples here, or the, the Pharisees in that. He starts to mess with them, saying, you know, I am this, and, and, and he's saying, and he, and he starts to kind of twist, like, and just kind of poke at him a little bit. And then we get to this part, and uh, let's start at 28. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious, jumping up, and they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill in which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. That's pretty cool. You guys ever paid attention to that? That's really awesome. So after Jesus' baptism, he was tempted. Then, after this, so, so it's, it's crazy. Like, we'll tell people, like, man, when you get baptized, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, oh, you, you'll be tempted. Like, life's not perfect. It's not rainbows, unicorns, and roses, right? There is this assignment that the enemy has, but God, but God wins. Says his grace is sufficient for all of our needs, all of our issues, all of our stuff, Right? And then what happens is if you read on from, from this portion of scripture, he goes on a healing spree. And Jesus starts to radically change all of these systems and he starts to heal people. He, takes, he does crazy things like spit in some dirt and make it mud and rub it in eyes and people are healed. He starts doing these crazy things, raising the dead, right? And I don't know about you, but Jesus is the example that we're to be like. He is perfect theology. So, so we get through this and we go to John 21, 25. I'm just gonna reference a few scriptures here. He says, now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written? I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Jesus from there did so many miracles, signs and wonders and healings and radical things that a series, a compilation of books in the world could not even contain them. Now, everybody say, but there's, good, there's even better news. John 14, 12 says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. We have the greatest intercessor going on our behalf. When we're praying for signs, wonders, and miracles, when we're praying for the miraculous, when we're praying for healing, we're literally co-laboring. We're partnering with what Jesus already wants to do, and it's he that's healing, and he's using us as conduits or vessels or at least willing bodies to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. There's authority. There's keys to the kingdom that have been given to us. L let me just say this. Cancer is not a respecter of persons, age, gender. Disease sometimes isn't. 
There's these things, there's bad things that happen to people that is no respecter sometimes of persons. I preached a message once. Why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Wrong. Bad things just happen. We just happen to have the grace to deal with it. Let, let me tell you about the authority we have. Because here's the good news with that. God also is not a respecter of, of the disease or the persons or the demons. How many believe that he is more powerful than any disease, that there is more power in one drop of his blood than any demon, than anything else? And walls cannot contain him, buildings cannot contain him. Matthew 16, 18 and 19 says this, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I don't know if you remember that a few weeks ago, but we started talking about the rock of Jesus, the foundation of Jesus. Let me just say this. When we build the foundation, a ministry, a home, a marriage on Jesus, there's nothing that it can't withstand. There's nothing that will come against it. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Uh, now, everybody just, just pull down your keys from heaven. Just pull them down. Come on, put them in your heart. Over the last couple of weeks, we had two people give us a set of keys, all right? The keys to the kingdom are super, super powerful and super easy. The keys to the kingdom are God is empowering you to have him inside of you to be the answer. He is the answer to every problem in our world right now. Jesus is the solution to every disease, every ailment, every marriage problem, every financial issue, every, every lost person, every hopeless person, every fear-filled person, every joy-deprived person. Jesus is the solution and the answer. He is the keys to the kingdom. So all of a sudden, he and us, now we have this authority to bind and loose. We get to bind anything on earth that does not belong to the body of believers. Now, let me, let me just paint this picture. We get to loose all of heaven. We get to bind earthly attacks, earthly demonic presences, earthly illnesses, earthly issues, earthly whatever. And we get to loose all of heaven's fury and love and power in every situation. This is the power of a believer. This is the power of a son or a daughter where our inheritance, where we're co-heirs with Jesus, where our inheritance is God. Paul mentions it in Galatians 4 and Romans 8. That we can cry Abba, Father, right? We're heirs to the throne. We're heirs to the throne of God. So, so we get this authority for the keys of the kingdom of heaven to bind any earthly attack. So we get to bind anything that doesn't exist in heaven, and we get to loose all of heaven into that. So we can go through this checkoff list. Is there bankruptcy in heaven? Is there financial woes in heaven? Is there disease in heaven? Is there sorrow and misery in heaven? Is there hopelessness in heaven? Or is there fear in heaven? Is there pain in heaven? Now, again, I'm not trying to preach this message to say we'll never have to walk through that and that even if that happens, God won't use it for good. That's, that's not the realm I'm going for here. But we have the authority to bind and loose. And that's what we believe here. We believe that when their disease comes in, we have the authority from heaven as a believer with Christ in me, the hope of glory, with the Spirit's power within me to partner with what the Lord wants to do and who he calls himself to bind anything the enemy's trying to do. We have the authority to bind the enemy's attack on our nation. We have the, the authority from heaven to bind things happening in our family, our kids, our kids as kids. We have the authority to bind disease and all of this junk, right, that God's plan was never, that was never God's plan for us. 
And then we have this authority and this, this, this luxury, this, this family benefit to loose all of heaven and the Father's love into that situation. Let, let, me, let me skip ahead here just a little bit. In my experience, I went from not believing in miracles, not believing in Holy Spirit's operations and gifts and manifestations and speaking in tongues. I, I didn't prophesy all that. First off, it was a big accomplishment for the Lord to reveal himself for me to even believe in him based on how my heart had become. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'll believe this part. But man, once I had an encounter with a radical spirit of the living God, everything opened up. So now suddenly I get to walk in, in, this, in this fullness of who the Lord has commissioned each of us to see and witness and be a part of. But let me just say this. Then all of a sudden I started seeing these crazy miracles. Nine people raised from the dead through prayer, not medicine. Seeing backs straightened out, scoliosis healed, arthritic fingers just straighten out and start to become mobile again. We start seeing these radical things. Tumors the size of softballs just dissolve. I'm telling some radical things. They don't just happen in Africa, folks. <laughs> they happen within the kingdom of God, wherever he is. And he's not just in Africa or India or on a crusade. He is anywhere you go. He is omnipotent and omnipresent. He is here among us, and he wants to do this. But then what happened was, with, with a really cool fascination, I began to worship the miracles rather than the miracle maker. And begin to get focused on the miracles and then became to get arrogant and say, I'm healing these people. <laughs> let me just readjust some of that right now, what I've had to walk through. Let me save you about two years of arrogance. It is not you that's healing anybody. It's Christ through you that's healing people. It's Christ that's healing us. It's by his stripes that we're healed. It's by his blood that we're covered and set free. It's by his crucifixion and resurrection we're welcomed back to eternity forever. Not us. We get to walk in intimacy with the Lord and see this. So let me just tell you, the agenda for the Lord is only to expose his heart. The purpose of miracles, the purpose of a prophecy, the purpose of signs and wonders, the purpose of spiritual gifts is to expose the Father's heart to reveal his love, his power, his mercy, his goodness, his wow factor. Like that is the purpose of all of this. It is not for us to get arrogant and conceited and say, look what we've done. Wow, Upper Room has now seen 2,027 and 40. That, that number made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I just kept going. <laughs> that is not the purpose. The purpose is that the Lord wants to love on his sons and daughters, and he wants his children back. And when we are conduits of the Lord, his love, whether it's a prophetic word, whether it's a sign or wonder, whether it's a healing, whether it's operating in the gifts of the Spirit that he's, that he's literally freely given us, now we get to operate in this realm and expose everyone around us to his radical, extravagant, ridiculous love. Let, let me move on here. Here's, here's some cool things that happen when we actually believe that and walk as full people of the Holy Spirit with power. Like I said, Acts 1.8 says that we, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea. Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wherever you are and the Holy Spirit is within us, we get to expose the world around us to a really amazing Savior, Messiah, Deliverer, Healer, Counselor, Prince of Peace, right? Let me hydrate for this next set here. All right, that was my intro. Totally kidding. If something gets in me, it has to get out of me, though. Freely we receive, freely we give. 
When God's fullness gets in us, we have to overflow. We have to leak. Our cup runs over to leak onto others, to change the cubicle next to us, to change the classroom, to change the hospital we work in. This is the goodness of God. Let, let, me, let, me, um, let me see what to skip here because I got a lot more. Mark 16, 14 through 20. This is the Great Commission. This is to the believers. How many are just radically in love with Jesus? Cool, you're saved. How many realize he's radically in love with you? You're transformed. Afterwards, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table, hanging out. Can you picture that posture, just hanging out with Jesus? Like he's reclining. They've eaten. He's like, okay, now let's lean back and now let's lean hearts and talk. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. It's in our going that we make disciples. It's wherever you go. Don't overlook the grocery store or the McDonald's drive through line. No condemnation there, okay? Don't overlook these things. It's in your going you make disciples. Go into all the world. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Very simple salvation plan there. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Who? I th Wait, it's not pastors or ordained ministers or those on the pulpit or bishops. No, those who believe, these signs will accompany those. And it says this, in my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands and if they drink of a deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And here's the point we're gonna to activate today. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will what? They will recover. The believers will do these things. The signs and wonders will accompany those who believe and they will do these things. This is an invitation for you to go absolutely radical for Jesus, be like him and see people transformed around you. And today is a practice round, okay? Today is the risk zone. Let me say that without a lisp. It's a risk zone. Today is a risk zone. If you can pray for people and see people set free in here, you can do it out there. This is a safe place for us to, to practice, to, to take risk, to, to have some adventure, to maybe even not see something. It's not a failure if you take the risk. It almost came out. Like, it, it's a place to fail. No, it's a place to take risk, and if you don't see something, you already succeeded because you took the risk. Let me carry on. Now, here's a church. Here's the fruit. That's the fruit of a believer. A believer. This is the fruit of a church that believes in the same way. Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is after the day of Pentecost. The Lord poured out a spirit. They all spoke in fresh tongues, new tongues. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. All right, an outpouring, a mighty rushing wind came through. They were transformed. Peter spoke this amazing message that you should read and, and really get into your heart. And then it says this. And, they, and then this was the first church established from that moment. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They devoted themselves to being teachable, to learning, to going deeper in the word, to going deeper in what the Lord had for them, and hanging out. To the breaking of bread and prayers, to having coffee with one another, to praying with one another, to doing more than just Sunday morning stuff. And, and awe came upon every soul. I, I don't know about you, but I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and I am filled with this awe and wonder of the king of kings. Yeah. 
me. All the signs and the wonders flow from that place of worship. All, all of what we do comes from who we are, most of all, who's within us. And the greater our revelation of him, the greater signs and wonders will do, the deeper our worship will be. All of that is the assignment that flows from the alignment of being full of Jesus and just capturing who he is and being all and gazing at his eyes and catching a gaze of his eyes. That was the first thing. And all came over every soul. And then it says this. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, don't be complaining about a 10% tithe, okay? This first church gave it all. (laughs) I'm not asking for that, all right? Chill out. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad. Everybody say joy, glad, joy. It's okay to be happy in the house of the Lord and outside the house of the Lord. And generous hearts. You know the key to prosperity is generosity? Where you steward little, much is given. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day by day by day those who were being saved. Why? Because this was a church that was in awe of God. They put him first and on that's the rock they built their church. Jesus. On him. And then all of a sudden, we, they are now walking in this fruit of signs and wonders, of, of being joy-filled, of being generous, of hanging out with one another, liking each other enough that they actually hang out outside of a Sunday morning. And I'm sure it got messy. I'm sure there was conflict. I'm sure there were disagreements. Well, did you hear what Peter preached last Sunday? Did you see what she was wearing? Somebody took my parking spot. <laughs> and my seat. All these thousands added daily. I'm kind of getting sick of it. I'm sure there were some messes. I'm sure there were some issues. But I'm sure they appreciated the people coming from the streets than what seats they got. I'm sure they appreciate being all of God more than what parking spot they're going to get in the, as we grow. They're filling up, folks. There's grass area, okay? Walk a few extra steps. It's all good. He'll be a light into your feet and a lamp into your path, okay? Feet might get a little wet. It's okay. All right. I'm so sorry. I've got to get going. All right. Let's just end here. I've got tons more. Let's go to Matthew 14. I was like, I'll do a brief teaching. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. So many angles of this. Matthew 14, 22. This is Jesus and then Peter walking on water. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. I'd be freaked out a little bit too. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Did you know that Jesus will even comfort us in our fear no matter if it's even him? No matter the fear, no matter the root, even if it's a righteous fear, like he comforts us. 
But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I'm here. If we were never meant to take risk, he wouldn't have called us courageous. Be strong and courageous. He's telling them, take courage, I am here. Now, here's the cool thing. Peter, the only one, Peter, called to him. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. We want to like, like honestly condemn Peter for losing faith. He was the only one that had faith to be like, hey, call me your way, I'll head that way. He's calling us to get out of the ship and boat, y'all. He's calling us to get out of our comfort zones. It's okay to do things different. It's okay. You're not dishonoring the past to do something different than what you've always done. We are not dishonoring my mom to go after things or look a little different than what it used to be. When, when, when my mom passed away, we inherited an amazing woman, and my dad married a new woman named Patty. By him marrying Patty was actually honoring my mom more than dishonoring her. By us embracing her and welcoming her into our family was actually honoring the past and our mom more than dishonoring. My dad loved what he had with my mom. He wanted it again, and the Lord's blessed him. We welcome you, Patty. What the enemy meant for destruction, God uses for good. Genesis 50. What the enemy means for destruction, God uses for good. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, when he saw the distractions and took his focus off Jesus, he was terrified and began to sink. There's a lot of distractions in the world right now. The, the enemy's dangling a lot of carrots right now. Oh, that's different than what you think. You should just get angry about that. You should get mad at that people group because they believe that way. Or you should get mad at this group because they voted a different way. There's a lot of carrots being dangled right now. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Listen, even when we fail, even when we do get distracted, God's grace is so good, he just picks us right back up. And the very thing that we desire and in all of, we, he's there holding our hand, even in our failures. So let me, let me just go into this. You cannot mess this up. If you pray for somebody and nothing happens, what's the worst thing that happens? Nothing. If you, if you exercise some faith and you pray for somebody and nothing happens, what's the worst thing that happens? Nothing. It is not illegal to pray for somebody with permission. It's not illegal to lay hands on somebody with permission. And let me just say, 90% of the time they allow you. It, it, it's, and you don't always need this, this, this booming voice from heaven with this word of knowledge that they need prayer. A walker, a wheelchair, a limp, those things, a cast, those are words of knowledge. They're very evident, they need prayer. Somebody crying after you ask them how their day was, they need prayer, they need comforted. Somebody who's complaining all the time, that's a word of knowledge. They need joy. Somebody who's always miserable and pessimistic, they need the hope of Jesus. We're like, Lord, you just tell me if you want me to pray for them. If you're asking, he already does. Let me just end with this. It doesn't take a whole lot of faith. We talk about mustard seed faith, right? We're like, well, I don't know if I, if, if I have enough faith. To, to pray for that person and get out of the wheelchair, then they will. Well, then it's dependent on you, not the Lord. You willing to pray is enough faith. We diminish the level of faith that we have if we're willing to actually say a prayer. We want, we're like, okay, well, 
I, I, I probably have faith to pray for that person with a headache, but I don't know about raising the dead. It is the same level of faith required. Let, let me just say this. A miracle is any intervention requiring God to change the circumstance. And a toe pain is equivalent to raising the dead to a paralytic walking out of a wheelchair to cancer falling out and dissolving in somebody's body or metal being dissolved. We've seen it all. It's amazing. It's the same level of faith that takes somebody to give their heart to Jesus. It is the same because now we're aligning and we're coming into alignment and partnering with God with what he already wants to do. And let me just say this. If, we, if the Lord wants somebody to get saved, he will introduce it like... It's, it's this thing to where we don't question the cereal we buy in the grocery store because it's got the label on the box, but how do we know it's the cereal inside? A level of faith. You don't buy Cheerios and end up with Fruit Loops. You have the faith that it's the, that's the Cheerios. It's the same thing. Like, it's just this little bit of faith does something. And let me just say this. The amount of compassion that somebody experiences for you to stop and pray changes a heart, changes a life. And, and it is not complicated. We complicate things, guys. We complicate the gospel. We complicate the goodness of God. We complicate signs and wonders. We complicate healing. It's literally, Jesus, please heal them. Jesus, heal them. We bind this disease. We cancel the trauma. We, we bind earthly attacks, we, whatever it may be. And we loose your healing. Love on your son or daughter right now. Heal them. In your name, Amen. That is, the, that is the most powerful prayer you need. God's not deaf. You don't have to yell at him. You don't have to beg. He's merciful. You don't have to beg and tarry for a healing or for salvation or for any gift that he already wants to give you anyway. We get in these mindsets that we, well, oh, if we're worthy. No, you are worthy. He called you worthy. He called you holy. He called you more than conquerors. He calls you a royal priesthood. He calls you son. He calls you daughter. He calls you children. You are worthy. Is Christ in you the hope of glory? You are not worthless. You are worthy. Amen. Let me just share a couple, couple stories. I've shared some of these before. How many want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, and healings? There's good news is Jesus does too. He's in the healing business. We're in Dollar Tree. One of the fun things I do with my kids is sometimes just take them to the Dollar Tree. And uh, we're like, yeah, it's daddy date time. Go to the Dollar Tree. And uh, you each get $2. $2? Yes, $2. You can buy any two things in the store. Anything, Dad? Yes. So we're there, and um, I, we get in there, and I was hearing left, left hand pain. I was just kind of hearing that, feeling that. So we go to the Dollar Tree in Vandalia, and I was like, does anybody have left wrist pain? Might have been right. I forget at this point. Anybody have wrist pain? No one. And I, I, I was taking risk. Okay, I was yelling out. Does anybody have? And I'm approaching people. Nothing. No, no, I don't. You freak. Two, three people. Do you, have, do you have wrist pain? No, I don't have wrist pain. You're weird. So, so anyway, nothing happens. I'm like, oh. We get to the very end. We're cashing out. We're, we're checking out. And the manager's there. It's this, this tall man. And I was like, hey, man, do you have left wrist pain? No, but I got right knee pain. Huh. Now, anatomically, I couldn't have been much, much more wrong. Like, Left wrist to right knee, that's, that's like, it only feels like right toe, you know? That's, that, there's not much more further apart. 
So I was like, oh, okay, would you mind if my daughters pray for you? And the, the little girls, they, they, they went around. I was like, is it okay if they lay hands on you? Yeah, that's fine. So they're around and they're laying hands. All of a sudden he starts doing this and he starts jumping like that. Totally healed, radically healed. Pain was gone. Couldn't jump, was involved in a car accident, had crazy knee pain. I couldn't have been more wrong, but I stepped out in faith. I took a risk. I got out of the boat. And the very thing that even in my mistake, God took over and he grabbed my hand and he let this man experience the goodness and love and power of Jesus. Let, let, me, let me just share one more. And this will be the last one I share today. It's not just physical healing. God is in the business of whole healing. Four years ago, I was on the, the, the task force that we call RTF. The, the rescue task, what is it called? RTF, what's that stand for? Rescue task force. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally wrong. QRT. I'm trying to think of QRT. And Troy, quick response team, all right? The QRT team. I work for the Troy Fire Department. There's lots of acronyms. Lots of stuff in here. So I was on this team. Matt, our chief, Steve Justice in here, helped develop this, our sheriff, so many others. And then we would go house to house. This was when Dayton was the epicenter of the heroin outbreak, and Troy was obviously part of that in every, every city around here. And every Wednesday, we would go out knocking on doors of anybody who overdosed the week before. We still do it. And, um, and I just remember going to this one house, and, and it was definitely a drug house. There were several males there, a couple females, and it was dark, very, very dark very heavy. I go in there, and there was this, there's this girl in there, there's this, this younger woman, and uh, probably in her 20s, 30s, maybe, and, um, and, and the Lord just started saying, just, just, just love on her. Show her my love. I'm like, okay, Lord, how? And I began to just prophesy over her. That would be the church word. I began to remind her of who she was, who she'd forgotten, who she was created to be, okay? I was, I was calling out what heaven was seeing on her, and I was like, you know the Lord loves you, I was like, he delights in you. He actually takes pleasure in you. And she starts to tear up a little bit. I said, and he wants to tell you you're beautiful, that he believes you're beautiful. There was other people around. It was appropriate. And, and now our counselor who goes out with us, he was like really uncomfortable. And, and I just left it at that. She wouldn't go with us that day. The, the key to this program is they can leave with us right then and go, to, go get help right then. It's really awesome. We have a credible response from it and, and success. And anyway... I just remember that, and it stood out, and I remember sharing with the church that day, like, somebody needs to hear a good word. Somebody needs to be encouraged. Somebody needs the basic principle of prophecy to be uplifted and comforted and edified, right? And I remember coming back, and I had no idea whatever happened. A couple of weeks ago, I drive by the station. I see these people walking out of the station, and I had to go somewhere else, and, and uh, I come back in, and Matt's like, you're not going to believe this. There was a woman that stopped by who's been free from heroin for almost four years. She's married, has a child now. She's totally free. She lives in a different area to stay strong, and she's had to create some boundaries, and she's actually going to school and almost through college now to be a counselor and an addiction specialist. And I was like, really? Who was it? And they start telling me, and then I get with Mike, our counselor. I was like, was it this house at this, on this street? Yeah, that was it. That was the woman you talked to. I was like, come on. I, I wanted to share that story for two things. First off is, is, is first, um, it's not just physical healing that the Lord cares about. There's addiction. There's, there's hopelessness. There's heartache. There's loneliness. Anything, right? The other thing is, I didn't see anything that day. 
She cried and she said, that is the first time anybody has ever said I was beautiful without wanting sex. The first time ever in her life. That is all that I saw. She cried and that was it. I saw nothing. But I'm telling you this. I want you to know that your prayer is a seed that, plants a, that, that produces a forest, a harvest. All right? And you never know what's happening. Let me just say, we might think nothing happened when my mom passed away of cancer, but something happened. There was a seed planted that led to a harvest that's different than what we would have thought. Different than what we would have wanted. When you pray for somebody, something always happens because the, go- the Lord is gracious and amazing to hear our cry and hear our prayers. Man, you can come. I'm done. It's just a hard finish today, y'all. Corey, I was teasing you a couple weeks ago. You weren't even here to defend yourself. You had multiple closings that day. I'm, that's all I'm going to say, okay? That's all I'm going to say. It's time to activate. All right, this is very simple. We're only partnering with what God already wants to do, and we're partnering with who he says he is. It is not us that does it, okay? Um, So for the next few minutes, all we're gonna do is I'm gonna just ask everybody to stand. I know there's people in the balcony. There's a lot of people here. If you're online and you're watching, uh, we, we would love for you to engage if you need prayer for anything. Just write a comment. And, um, is Brittany Reed in here today? She's teaching. Okay. Nicole will take care of it. So if you're online watching and you need prayer, uh, Nicole will kind of monitor that and engage with you online. Um, basically, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You are the joy set before him. This is our risk zone here. We're going to step out of the boat today. And, and let me just say this. I will not be disappointed if, if we don't see anything tangible in the room. But my faith is that we will. My faith is that there's going to be some of you that walked in here with maybe a disease, maybe pain. Uh, we might call out some words of knowledge. And even by the time we call out the word of knowledge, you might start to test it. And the Lord's already healed and delivered you. Okay? Um, it might take some prayer, and we're going to walk you through how to pray for somebody. It's going to be really easy. These are things we would do in our ministry school. These are things we are, part of the, the, the responsibility of the church is to equip the believers for the work of ministry. So today we're going to equip you, and we're going to teach you how to pray for somebody. And those of you who, who have pain, you get to be the guinea pigs, and you also get to be the recipients of a good God today. So whether you're online or, or in here in person, so we're a church that believes in healing. We've seen it. We know he's good. I've hopefully increased some of your faith and, and adjusted some theology. If you came in believing that, well, Jesus doesn't still heal today. Nope, he does. We've witnessed it. We've seen it. We continue to see it because he's not done yet. He's a good God. So if you have pain in your body, right now I want to go after physical pain, things that you would know. If you were healed today, you would know there was something different. Some of these things are, are a little different. So there's a, a few things that I want to go after. First is the pain that's in your body that you know you'd be healed. Second would be disease. And third, obviously, cancer. If you have a cancer diagnosis or if you're even being tested for cancer, um, let me just share a story. One time during worship, Helen Church was here. Just literally during worship, Leah, uh, who we talked about earlier, who's kind of head of this ministry, said, the Lord said, if we go check in the bathroom, your tumor's gonna be gone. They come back in screaming. We didn't know what was going on. Literally a softball-sized tumor under her armpit had dissolved during worship. Kenny, so everybody knows who you are. Just shout out glory. 
<laughs> that might sound familiar during worship, but Kenny back there, he was going through testing. It had been confirmed that he had cancer at, I believe, Upper Valley or the Premier Health System. It had been confirmed. He then wanted a second opinion and was going for further treatment at, uh, at the Ohio State University. And they sent all of his records there. By the time he went for his appointment, the records literally had changed to cancer-free. They did further testing to confirm that he was cancer-free. These are the things the Lord can do. Now, in saying this, we, we don't need sympathy healing. If the Lord's gonna heal you, he's going to heal you. All right, we're, I believe in faith healing. I believe in this stuff. But if you're on medication, this is a buffer. If you're on medication, if you're going through testing, if you're going through treatments, I want you to have it confirmed through a doctor and a physician and walk this out properly because if the Lord healed you, he will, conf he will confirm that he healed you through physicians and medical professionals, okay? So if you feel you've been healed of depression and you're on medications for depression, please do not just automatically remove yourself from those. Go through a doctor and he'll confirm that you're healed. This is wisdom, okay? It does not diminish. Let me just, let me just go here. My mom was going through her stuff. It was, a, it was a pretty cool journey through me, for me, to understand the difference between faith and wisdom. I had the faith that she didn't need any of this stuff and didn't need medicine and didn't need some of this. But it was the wisdom to also use modern medicine and use the Lord through creative minds and, and, and practices. But let me, let, me, let me just further this. What I had to realize through the journey was being open to that was not doubting or having lesser faith. I believe God can still heal. I also believe in modern medicine and those things, and I don't believe it's a second-class anointing or healing or a second-class thing if you're still getting testing and going through that. I think it's wisdom. Because if the Lord heals, he will confirm he heals because he does not need sympathy healing. There's a level of faith that we already have in here that he will confirm, and it's even a greater story when it's confirmed through the doctors. Okay, there's my buffer. So with that said... If anybody has pain, disease, or being tested, I want you just to raise your hand right now. If you have pain in your body, knee pain, ankle or foot pain, back pain, I'm hearing some of those, or disease or cancer, raise your hand. Keep them up, keep your hands up. The believers of the church will lay hands on the sick and they will what? Recover, okay? Keep your hands up, I know it's gonna be a second. Anybody who feel has has confessed Jesus as Lord has Jesus living inside you you're operating in the Holy Spirit I want you you are the believers I want you to find somebody with their hand raised and I want you to gather around them and we're going to pray in a moment so find somebody with their keep your hand up until some uh, one or two people are praying for you so go church you're, you're the prayer team right now all of you are qualified if you have Jesus in your heart you're qualified the believers lay hands on the sick they'll recover once you have somebody praying for you, you can lower a hand. I still see hands up. In the back, there's Lauren. There's a hand here. There's a female here, a male there. Come on, y'all. If there's four or five people praying for one person, I need a couple of you to break free and find somebody with their hand up. Okay. All right. Now, here's what we're going to do. This is a quick teaching of how to pray. Okay, okay, listen up. First off, you gotta ask, what are you praying for? Sometimes people will come up for prayer and we're casting out demons and praying for marriages when really they just have flu symptoms. Okay, what are you praying for? The other thing is, 
What is the assessment? If you're praying for pain, where is the pain? And what is it on a pain scale, one to 10? Just like you're doing a medical assessment. Okay, you have knee pain, okay? Does it hurt more when you move it? Is it a four out of 10? I want you to do a full assessment right now, then I'm gonna walk you through prayer. So do an assessment, what are we praying for? Just inquire. It's gonna be a step-by-step process, this is a training. Okay, what are we praying for? All right, quick assessment. Now, we're gonna pray for about 20 seconds or less. I want you to speak directly to whatever you're praying for. I want you to bind it. I want you to curse it and rebuke it in Jesus' name. And I want you to loose healing in the Father's love and His power and His goodness in Jesus' name. There's already some people who are already getting healed right now. If you're online, just, just engage right now. So Lord, we speak to the ailment, we speak to the disease, we speak to cancer, and we say go back to hell where you belong. We speak Jesus' name healing right now. By your stripes, we're healed. By your blood, we are covered. We bind pain. We bind disease. We bind illness. We bind cancer in Jesus' name. And we loose heaven. We loose your healing power. We loose your love and your goodness right now in Jesus' name. Okay. Assess it. Just a quick assessment. Is it better? If you just experience healing in a significant portion, wave your hands. Wave your hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, there's already a significant portion healed. Now, if you're still, maybe you're starting to feel heat or warmth in your body, the Lord is confirming that he's doing something. Maybe you're feeling tingling. The Lord is confirming that he's in work. He's in process right now. So one more time, just a quick prayer. Lord, we bind the enemy's attack. We rebuke the enemy's devour right now in Jesus' name. We bind it and we loose healing in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Thank you. More. Finish what you started, Lord. You were broken so we could be whole. Thank you, Jesus. All right, assess one more time. Was there anybody that was healed after the second one? Just wave your hands. Anybody else? One, two. Okay, thank you, Jesus. About 10 healings. Now, here's your last step. We begin to thank the Lord for it, okay? We're gonna go into worship here in a moment. Another one. All right, what were some people healed of? Deb, what were you healed of? Just shout it out, Deb Jolly. Deb, what were you healed of? I I, I saw you get excited, what were you healed from? Knee pain? Seven out of 10? never not had knee pain. And now, even with movement, praise God. Okay. Okay, heat in your back, now back pain gone. Come on. Jill, I saw you get excited. What were you healed from? Right arm pain. Okay, couldn't lift her arm for praise and worship. Now, yes, come on. I saw Maudi, you got pretty excited up there. What happened with you? Shout it out. A seven in his heels that were hurting. Now he can do a little little jimmy and a shake. Come on. Anybody else? Anybody else? Matt, I, I saw you get, did you wave a hand? 
Your knee's better. 50% or more better? Okay. Now here's the deal. I, I know there's others. We expect you to exploit those, throw them on Facebook. So here's the thing. The Bible says we're made overcomers by the blood of what? The lamb and the word of what? Our testimony. We're made overcomers by the blood of the lamb, word of our testimony. That testimony becomes a prophecy for others. Here's the other thing. If you went to a doctor and you went with foot and back pain and you came out of there pain-free, you'd be telling all your friends about that doctor. Let me just say, he's the great physician and there's no copay or deductible, okay? He's already paid the debt in full, full price paid, okay? So anyways, we're going to worship now. Can we just all stand and um, we're gonna offer another invitation. Our prayer team's gonna come. Here's the invitation next. We're gonna offer prayer for the brokenhearted, for those who have maybe emotional or, or mental anguish or, or depression. Maybe there's a, a relationship issue. It's fun to see the physical things and we can see the tangible healing, but there's also things in the heart and the mind and the spirit. There's hurt, there's trauma, there's tragedy, there's abandonment. The Lord wants you to walk out of here totally whole, totally free, okay? He came to set captives free, whatever that would be. So we're gonna ask our prayer team to come. Hopefully they're coming. I don't see them yet, but hopefully they're coming. If you're not assigned on prayer team today, please come, we need more. We're gonna offer prayer for anybody else, or maybe you got received prayer and you didn't feel anything. I don't want you to walk out of here empty-handed. I don't wanna walk, you walk out of here let down, because the Lord's already done something, okay? So if you need prayer for anything else, we're gonna ask you to come, okay? We're gonna ask you to come. I believe the Lord's healing some things here, so let, let me pray, and then we're gonna worship and go into thanksgiving to the Lord for what He's done and what He's gonna continue to do. Lord, we thank you that you came not just to heal the physical needs and the disease and the ailments and cancer. Lord, you came to set captives free. You came to heal the brokenhearted. You came, Lord, to comfort and to exhort and uplift, Lord. You came so that we can walk in freedom, that we can walk in joy, that we can walk in hope, that we can walk in the fullness of your power. So Jesus, I pray right now that you, Lord, just, just come in every way that we need in relationships and financial situations, job situations, hearts and minds, spirit and soul. Lord, we thank you for your healing. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, empower us and equip us to pray for those outside these walls, outside this room, Lord. Let us be carriers of your presence. Let us be full of your Holy Spirit and signs, wonders, and miracles follow us that believe in Jesus' name. We thank you for your body and your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. We invite you to come forward. This is the sound of dry bones right on. This is the praise make a dead man walk in. Oh, this is the sound of dry bones right on. This is the praise make a dead man Open the grave, I'm 